This episode of I Want to Like You is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. And also buy Organifi Green Juice. That is organic green juice delivered straight to your door. And listeners to this podcast can get 20% off by going to OrganifiShop.com slash like. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash like and entering the coupon code like. Hello and welcome to I Want to Like You, a weekly podcast from Real Simple about how to handle the irritating people in your life with goodwill and grace. I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. I'm the editor of Real Simple, also a neighbor. And with me today is Changa Onyango. Changa is the executive director of Community Mediation Baltimore and founder of Our Boys Institute. Hi, Changa. Hey. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. So the reason I mentioned neighbors at the top, I'm a neighbor. I don't know if I'm a good neighbor or a bad neighbor. I'm probably a little bit of both. But this week we're talking about neighbors. And that's why we've got Changa on. So Changa, you have a lot of experience in neighbor issues, probably both grand and small, right? I mean, we've, we have all heard a lot of news about Baltimore in the last, I don't know, what, like year and a half, two years. And a lot of it has been bad, but I'm sure you've seen a lot of really good neighbor behavior in Baltimore that didn't make the national news. Before we get started... Uh, with the more prosaic neighbor issues that I think many of us face. Can you talk a little bit about kind of the notion of neighborliness in your in your city and, you know, how sort of the good and the bad? Yeah, neighborliness. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> that, that's a concept that um, I wish came up more often in that form. It, it really winds up conflict, 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 more conflict. You know, the notion of neighborliness to me just means that you would consider the other guy when you're moving. And it's it's difficult in a big city. We know there's uh, New York itself, right, has this yep. incredible, uh, <laughs> I'll just say, reputation. I know. For, <laughs> you know, for being the least neighborly place on the planet, you know. Which I would um, dispute, which is not the topic of our podcast, but I would dispute <laughs> that. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> I, de- I definitely have had some terrific neighborly experiences in even the so-called worst places in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a program I work with in Brooklyn. And uh, that neighborhood is incredibly supportive of the young people that, that I work with there. But in Baltimore, we have a very interesting past, and it really does surround neighborliness and neighborhoods. And if you look at the history of Baltimore, you'll see uh, a lot of conflict around housing, Mm -hmm. a lot of conflict around the labor movement. Mm. And, you know, at the end of the day, you work with those guys that you that you live with, you know, your neighbors. These are uh, at, at least in the history of Baltimore with this incredible port city, you know, with steel going in and out with these humongous ships. It's the furthest place, furthest point inland on the entire eastern seaboard mm-hmm. is the Baltimore Inner Harbor. And so you have a lot of these neighborhoods. And if you travel through Baltimore, you'll see there are certain streets that are just so definite demarcations of 
where one neighborhood stops and another one begins. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in some ways that can be good, in some ways that can be, you know, kind of tragic and it can be the uh, primer for some of the things that we saw in uh, the previous spring. Well, so I have to tell you that Baltimore has a real, I have a real soft spot for Baltimore because I had my first date with my now husband at that aquarium in the Inner Harbor in Baltimore. And and we've been married for a long time. So Baltimore did me a solid like 25 years ago. (laughs) Um, But so let's talk about, you know, thinking about other areas of the country, you know, cities and small towns. You know, when you think about neighbor behavior, we all have many of us just generally have a hard time getting along, which is why we have this podcast probably. (laughs) But when would you, you know, when you look at neighbor disputes and not, not, you know, and I don't mean disputes that make the national news, right? Because that's those, you know, luckily are, are, don't happen every day and aren't on as big a scale. But when you think about your fellow, fellow man and woman living together, when when do you have kind of a gauge for yourself or for other people on when to when your neighbor's doing something that you don't like, when to speak up and when to let it go? Like, how do you know mm. when to say something and try to resolve a problem between neighbor between? And, and if you want to talk from personal experience or just kind of theoretically, either either would be interesting. It it is a question when to uh, when to let it go and when to make some noise. Um, I'm, uh, I was taught that the squeaky wheel, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. gets the uh, gets the oil. And I'm also a human being, <laughs> so I'm always going to seek comfort uh, and I'm going to seek the most comfortable thing. But what I try to do and what I teach my children now um, as a gauge of when to make noise and when to not mm-hmm. is to try to be more aware of the general context of life itself. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, I, I had a conversation last week with some people who were upset about, cause they share a common front porch. Right. Some of the homes are built in Baltimore where they don't have a separating wall between the two front porches. It'll be like a duplex. Yep. They literally were having a conversation about uh, well, I'll call it a conversation, but it actually was a <laughs> knockdown, oh, drag geez. out, screaming, hoarse voice, quivering lip yeah. <laughs> struggle. Yeah, conversation. About, <laughs> about who puts the lawn chairs where on the on the porch. Oh, jeez, um, Louise. That sounds like a perfect neighbor dispute, actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so, um, so what happened? Well, you know, at the end of the day, I, I practice a form of mediation and intervention called uh, inclusive mediation. Right. And that and that form of mediation does not allow me to interject myself as a force to push this, the conversation one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I, I try not to even introduce any information into the conversation. What I try to do is reflect everyone in the conversation so that they can hear themselves. And so that the other person can hear the root of what they're saying through the hyperbole. So what we find is using that method, people are going to come to their own settled place. Whereas if you use a directive method where you're 
telling people, well, that's just not important. <laughs> you know, right. they're not, they're not going to really listen, listen to that as much, you know? Yeah. And you tend to get in these circular arguments. So using that method allows me to help people hear what they're saying. Right. And so in an argument like that, you might hear me say something like, so space and how much space that you're going to have to use for yourself on your front porch is really important to you. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, yeah. And then I might also say something in a kind of cheeky way that says, and you're very passionate about how much space you get to use on your front porch, mm -hmm. which, which is exactly what they're expressing. But when you have to say that back to yourself, it's just a little bit, it should be a little disconcerting. It should be enough for you to say, well, let me back that down. I know I'm being passionate here, but about, you know, these square inches on my front porch. Yeah. But that's probably not something I should be wasting passion on okay you know so wait we're going to take a break in a second but before and i want to i want you to use your inclusive mediation theory maybe on some really specific scenarios that i think a lot of people experience but before we break i want to ask you about this front porch so if these two people share a front porch don't they just get half like like kids in the back seat of the car it, you know where like mom draw, draws a line down the middle and says you are on that side and you're on that side like why don't they just each get half yeah, and you would think that it would be <laughs> just that simple, and you would think it would be something that we would be able to just kind of do. But neither one, neither one of them wants to draw a line, right? right? Because it tracks from the beauty, right? And so they literally were down to the point where they were drawing a diagram of the square tiles on the, you know, that make up the floor of the porch. <laughs> talking okay. about which. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a little break. We'll be back with your inclusive mediation and some really specific scenarios. So I've never built a website because, frankly, the idea makes me feel super intimidated. And I don't really want to ask my teenagers for help. But if I had to do it on my own, which I know I will someday, I know exactly where I'm going to go, and that's to Squarespace. Why Squarespace? Well, the sites are beautiful. And as the editor of Real Simple, I've got to say that's super important to me. They look professionally designed, and they're easy to use. I don't know which is more important, beautiful or easy to use to me, but they're both deal breakers if they're not there. So you get a free domain if you sign up for a year with Squarespace. So if you want to build your website today, you can start a free trial at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code Real Simple, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. So Changa, tell me, the front porch... Did you resolve it? Well, they resolved oh, it. Well, exactly. Oh, what a good answer. They resolved it with your with your guidance, shall we say, right? Right, right. They, yeah. I, I did help them resolve it. And you shouldn't be surprised to know that it did not, it wound up not at all being about, you know, porch chairs. Oh, yeah. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, it winds up not at all being about porch it's chairs. It's never it about the up, porch chairs. It's never about the Porsche chair. Yeah. It's wound up being about something else much bigger and much more personal. And it was a perceived slight that turned out that was, and, and it was some quite some time ago. Yeah. And so as you start r really reflecting back to people, you know, 
so what you're really saying is is this mm-hmm. you know have you ever been in a situation where somebody you had to say to somebody you know it sounds so much worse when you say it yeah <laughs> you know right right because because somebody's really reflecting back what they are hearing you say and it's very interesting because it wound up in tears you know and they're hugging each other and i didn't know and i just i always thought you know i would i would venture a guess that even if someone is violating your space or being disrespectful or being a bully or whatever it is that your neighbor is being, mm-hmm. it probably has a root that you that you're unaware of. It's, and the more crazy the person seems, right? You know, <laughs> the more likely there's a root that you're unaware of. And if you took the time to kind of really understand what they're really saying, right? You probably find that root on your way to this piece that we say we want. Yeah. Well, okay, so a couple of things. I think, first of all, you need to take your inclusive mediation national because <laughs> if, you're, if your front porch scenario ended in hugging and tears, I think there are people right. everywhere who could use your help. <laughs> but so, so let me ask you, I want to give you a couple of common neighbor problems, okay, and I want you to respond to them but maybe the root is always think about this isn't maybe this isn't about the porch chairs. Maybe it's really about what is this really about? Okay. So so scenario number one, you live in a place, a street or an, a neighborhood where you are really house proud and you keep your yard really neat and clean and your house freshly painted or whatever and and there's someone who lives next to you or across the street whose house is a real eyesore. Is that something that you can or should do anything about? And if so, how do you approach it? For me personally, I'll answer that in two ways. For me personally, I live in a place where there is a real overwhelming fear among my neighbors of declining property values. Mm-hmm. And so when you see indicators you know, there's this broken window fallacy, this idea that if there's one broken window and it's left broken, then that'll lead to more broken windows, which will eventually lead to collapse of all society. Oh, okay. All right, so no one should look at the broken window in my basement, P.S., because if if, <laughs> if society falls, it's apparently my fault. Okay, keep going. So exactly. the broken window fallacy in your neighborhood. Right. And, but there are people, again, who have not spent any real time trying to understand the situation and certainly not trying to understand individual situations because that takes a lot of energy. And so we want to make generalizations because generalizations are useful because they inform us and tell us that, hey, this makes sense. Let's all march in this direction. Mm-hmm. And so if if that's the case, I have to check myself first as a neighbor. Right. Right. And I have to say, what am I, what what are my root objections to this? Mm -hmm. And if my root objection is the broken window theory, I have to be big enough to let it go. So, right. Right? So that root objection is like fear then, right? Right. It's about fear. If If my root objection is a fear and I won't say an unfounded fear, I'll just say fear is uh what's the acronym false evidence appearing real. Oh, <laughs> right? love that. And so so if if it's some fear that I have then I might need to express my fear. Mhm. Right? And so then I'll just go and I'll express my fear, but I'll express it as fear if I'm honest. 
many times it doesn't come out as fear. So the first thing is I check myself and my and my roots and my reasons. Mm-hmm. Then the second thing I express myself honestly, right? So fear, if I go to them, whoever's house it is, or I write them mm-hmm. and I really sincerely make an attempt to to communicate to them, and I'm honest and I say, hey, I'm afraid. Yeah. Right. Which is hard for people to say. Right. Right. But if I'm honest and I say, hey, I'm afraid or or I say, you know, if there's a root, if there's really a root of anger. Right. Then there's got to be a direct cause of that anger. Right. Anger is usually caused by incidents, mm-hmm. not not over going ongoing conditions. Right. right. It's a cer- certain incident that will cause a flare up that we and we call that anger. Mm-hmm. So if it's anger, you know, whatever it is, I'm just going to communicate my honest feelings mm-hmm. and then i'm going to get a response right and so hopefully the person that's responding is as emotionally intelligent emotionally intelligent as i'm being right <laughs> when, <laughs> when i'm analyzing my root and and communicating honestly and uh when they when they respond you know maybe their answer will be something that calms my fears you know, oh, well, we're in process of doing this, that, and the other. We're waiting for the financing. It'll be taken care of in a few months, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a non-answer, which fuels my fear. Right. Or maybe it's a belligerent answer, which stokes my anger. And so that's how, you know, the things things start to get out of control. But even if I get the belligerent or the non-answer, right, then, again, I have to check myself and I say, well, Serenity prayer, right? <laughs> let me yeah, let right. me do something about what I can do something about. Right. And let me just be real with myself. Because if it's something, I, if I have some type of a legal recourse, I've already approached the situation honestly. If I have a legal recourse, let me quietly pursue the legal recourse. Otherwise, you know, saying the same thing over and over again to a person. Uh, my, my father says, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. <laughs> You know, oh, so yeah. isn't that so true, man? Yes. So that's having that smart. argument over and over again, that's circular argument. Mm-hmm. People usually repeat themselves when they don't feel heard. Wait, the people repeat themselves when they don't feel heard. Right. Is that my problem right? with my children? Do you think? I guess it is. Right. I guess that's why I say empty the dishwasher 30 times because it's not happening. Right. So, so if we take that to the neighbor dispute. <laughs> um, and so then so but sometimes you have to end with the serenity prayer. Right. Like if you because what's the what is the likelihood, honestly, that that neighbor is going to have the emotional intelligence of you? Ten percent. Right. 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 Maybe right, more which than is 10. Why we need to go national with. The, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. This is why we need to take your show on the road. <laughs> But, you know, so you have to kind of, well, as we say it real simple, you control the controllables. That's why Real Simple exists, basically, to help people control the controllables. And and there's so much about your fellow man that are, is just not controllable from, on, from your side of things. All right, we need to take another break, and then we're going to go to scenario number two. Okay, I want to talk about juicing for a minute. So a couple of years ago, probably five, my mother-in-law gave me a juicer for Christmas. I asked, actually, for the juicer for Christmas. I used it, I think, twice, and then it went into my cabinet where it sat until this year when I gave it away. Because the problem with juicing is juicing. (laughs) So much prep to put in a complicated machine, and you get like a quarter cup of juice 
and then you spend like the rest of the day cleaning the machine. This is why Organifi Green Juice is so exciting to me. You can get organic green juice directly at your door. It is vegan, it's vegetarian, it is gluten-free, it's dairy-free. You don't have to shop for it. You don't have to blend anything. You don't have to clean anything. Basically, you don't have to juice, which is a huge, huge benefit. So if you want to try Organifi Green Juice, listeners to this podcast get 20% off. If you go to OrganifiShop.com slash like, that is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash like, and then enter the coupon code like. Okay, so Changa, next issue. So I think, you know, we talked about what do you do if your neighbor's, neighbor's property is an eyesore and you have fear about declining property values or the decline of Western civilization, <laughs> depending on how far you want to take that. But, and I think that, that that, you know, the advice you gave there probably applies to a lot of, whether it's like boundary disputes or you could probably use some of those same methods. First, kind of look at where your own, look at the root of why you find this problematic within yourself and approach it honestly and I guess make yourself emotionally vulnerable to your neighbor in talking honestly. But what about, is it the same scenario? So scenario number two is you have a neighbor who, it's not the state of their physical property, but it's their behavior. So it's, you know, their dog always barks at two in the morning and wakes you up, or their kids are constantly coming into your yard and trampling your flower beds, or their teenage son is, you know, squealing into the driveway, driving too fast, or playing loud music, you know, in the middle of the night. If your neighbor has a behavior that you find, you know, impacts your happiness, how do you... Is there a different way that you need to approach that or no? Or do you do you kind of use the same methods? Well, it, it is the same root model mm-hmm. to deal with it. I would definitely do two things, though. And it, and, it, and it I guess it depends. I would do different things depending on the situation. So if it's if it's a neighbor that I'm that I'm good with, like I have a at least a working relationship with, mm-hmm. then I might try and enhance that relationship by you know, bringing that person a little closer in, in whatever way, you know, works for you. Right. Mm-hmm. So inviting them to this or, you know, put sending them a note at, at, you know, Christmas time or whatever it is. So, because if it's just carelessness, then, it, you know, people do careless things for a number of reasons. One out of desperation, because they just can't, they're, they're in a desperate situation and they have to be very narrow focused so they can't really consider the next person mm-hmm. or just out of out of carelessness mm-hmm. right which is just like i don't have enough awareness of you you're not on my radar they're either desperate or they're clueless right okay right so those those are are two different relationships right right so if the person doesn't know you then maybe it's a good uh strategy since you you know, you have to live with this person, right? To try and make them know you or notice you in the typical ways, right? Because I I don't know about your community, but in my community, we have lived in that area for, you know, I built that house in 1987, you know, my, or my family that I didn't, Mm -hmm. my, my family built that house in 1987 and 
there's about five families who are still the same people and I know them, but I don't have any real relationship with them. I know their names, their first names, Mm -hmm. and I don't have a deep relationship with them. Some of the young people that grew up and went on, I know them. Mm -hmm. In today's society, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of uncommon to have deep relationships with your neighbors, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. So it may, yeah, so it may be something that, you know, you might want to kind of fix that, mm-hmm. right? Because you because you know better, right? The the uh, the the typical American aesthetic, you know, the the apple pie thing is, you know, you know your neighbors right. and Mrs. So and So down the street and so and so, but um, that more and more that's becoming uh, or less and less, I'll say, that's becoming reality. So maybe you want to fix that and work on that and and take some ownership. So mm-hmm. that's one one way. So like first thing is strengthen the relationship. Okay. Right. And, and because then you can just be emotionally vulnerable was the word you used yep. and say, look, maybe, maybe we're in the same age group. Maybe you thought it was okay with me that you had loud music because, you know, you see, I drive a Corvette or, you know, <laughs> who knows, who knows what, it, what the thing is, right? That, right? that people are thinking, you never know what people are thinking. Right. But once you strengthen the relationship, you can find out what people are thinking. And you can say, hey, silence is really important to me on Sunday morning. Or, you know, and, and also in that same vein, you might be, you know, when since you're being amicable, right, mm-hmm. you might do a little self-analysis and see, you know, is always the truth, right? Because we, we always say always, right? Mm. But it's not, it's not true. It's it's really the Thursday and Friday nights when you are trying to do your studies that they're loud. Really, they're loud all the time, but it really pisses you off on those times when you are paying attention to it. Right. 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 So maybe you'll do some self-reflection and see exactly what it is, you know, and that way that makes your ask a little bit smaller and a little bit more manageable for your person. So that's if you're in a building kind of a phase, you know? Right. And then if you're not, and then if you're in back, you know, on that belligerent side and the people are just being careless and, you know, they don't have any intention of building relationships with you and what have you, then it's, we're back to the serenity prayer, right? You, yeah. you, you have your options, right? You just kind of write them a letter and say, these are the things that I, and, and it's kind of the same approach, right? You're going to isolate the things that you really, really can't tolerate. Right. And, 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 make those plain, but it won't be in a, it won't be as soft. You know, you just kind of write them a letter and put it on their door or something, you know, cordial, but really straight to the point. And then if not, and if nothing happens, then you'll have to get legalistic. So if you have a, we're almost out of time, but just thinking in really practical terms, if you have, unfortunately, a, not a great relationship with your neighbor and you end up writing them a letter because maybe that feels because you know having a conversation with them is not going to go well right and a letter cooler heads may prevail when it's in writing and you're not face to face with that person would you recommend in the letter saying and if x y and z doesn't happen i might have to take legal action or do you but that's a threat like or do you just kind of keep that out of it yeah I, i certainly would keep the threat out of it and you know, threats are, are you know, very off-putting, mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the least. Right. And, uh, but what we can do is, whether we know it or not, there's already some type of interconnection 
some things that we are sharing, some things that we are doing that benefit one another, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, you never know, even if the person sees you trying to create a connection, you know, hey, I work at this place, you know, if you guys ever want to come and, you know, do X, Y, and Z, or uh, I notice you guys, you know, your dog gets out and I'm, I'm the one who usually puts him back in or whatever it is, you're highlighting the ways that you're already working together mm-hmm. or could easily work together, right, instead of a threat. So you say, hey, these things are important to me, right? And again, we're going back to that being emotionally honest and not, you know, sounding like a wimp or anything, but certainly just being clear about what's important to you. You know, hey, silence on these times is important to me. And maybe you'll offer an explanation because this is what I do during that time. Mm -hmm. Also, blah, blah, blah. Also this, that, and the other, you know. And so I would appreciate, you know, if you guys could possibly Da, 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 right. And try to keep your negative emotions mm-hmm. out of the, out of the thing. And which a threat is, that's basically what that is. A threat is you feeling powerless and you're trying to assert power. Right. 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 And so when, when you realize that you're feeling powerless and you're showing that you're feeling powerless, you'll never put a threat. Right. You know, you'll never put a threat again. I, I mean, I think that, that, so you've given us so many good takeaways today. I mean, one one thing that, that I kind of keep coming back to in my head is, you know, in dealing with neighbor disputes, as in so many situations with your fellow man that are fraught, maybe start with, it's not about you, it's about me, right? So it's, you know, think about why this behavior of your neighbor is so problematic to you and approach that person with, with openness and honesty about why it's a problem for you, not why you're a pain in the I don't know. Can I can right. I say ass on this podcast? Podcast. I'm going to say it. Why why you're a pain in the <laughs> derriere? So, and I I think then then you know you are. I bet everyone is going to be a little more receptive to you know to hearing you. Okay. Anyway, Changa, this has been such a pleasure. I feel like I need to write down like half the things you said, including that quote from your dad, which I will read one more time. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still, right? Absolutely. That's fantastic. Okay, so that is it for this week's episode of I Want to Like You. Thank you so much, Changa Onyango, who is the Executive Director of Community Mediation Baltimore and founder of Our Boys Institute. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Kristen. It was a blast. Our editor is Tim Einenkel. Our engineer is Kristen Meinzer. And Caitlin Peary helps me put this podcast together on The Real Simple End. Please let us know what you think of this show. Our Twitter handle is at Real Simple, or you can tweet ideas for the podcast directly to me at KVanOgdrop. For more on irritating people and how to handle them, go to realsimple.com. And, of course, subscribe to us in iTunes. For Changa Onyango, I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. Thanks for joining us. 